welcome into the PFF NFL Daily today discussing the Miami Dolphins and the best way that they should be building around Tua. It's all brought to you by DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code PFF to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Sam, big stories in the draft, of course. You've got where the quarterback's going to go, but one of the biggest stories is the Miami Dolphins, with all their draft capital, with last year's first-rounder, Tua Tagovailoa, as their quarterback. What is the best way to get the most out of Tua, who is a little disappointing as a rookie? So let's talk team building. What is the most important thing for the Dolphins building around Tua? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the main PFF podcast that Miami shouldn't think they're done when it comes to the offensive line. I know they have a ton of young players there and they drafted them last season and they spent high picks on them. First round pick Austin Jackson. Um, But the strike rate for anybody across the board and an offensive lineman, it's just not high enough for you to assume that they're all going to come good. You need to keep swinging until you're absolutely certain that you have eliminated all of the weak links on that offensive line. And, you know, for reference, Austin Jackson had a PFF pass blocking grade of 53 last season. Uh, Solomon Kinley had one of 54. There were some iffy pass blocking grades on that unit. Keep going. And in Miami in particular, they've now amassed this war chest of draft picks like you can keep swinging without the concern that it will cause problems elsewhere so build an offensive line around this guy and you know find next receiver from somewhere again my i I mentioned this yesterday but my concern is that they're going to look at the three rookies that started last year austin jackson robert hunt solomon king kindly They, they were okay for rookies but still not where you want them to be as far as NFL talent goes, both their pass blocking and running back run blocking units ranked in the twenties. And the study that we were talking about on the main PFF NFL podcast is that the best first rookie uh, rookie contract seasons came when you had teams closer to, to top 10, as far as pass blocking, run blocking and receiving goes, you need all three units to get better. And as much as I love stocking up on receivers you know me build the basketball team they they took a step with will fuller on in a year you've got Devonte parker preston williams is still there mike gasicki at tight end i'd love to add another piece there but the offensive line could be the thing that holds them down if they don't get better and, and there's already rumors that the dolphins with all their extra draft capital want to draft a running back Ooh. early in the draft because they because if you look at the depth chart it's solid at the skill positions <laughs> it's like the question is you know what's the best way of building around Tua? is it the offensive line is it the receiving core i can tell you categorically the one way it is not is drafting a first round running back it, it's definitely not but you could see how they're going to look at that and say okay we, we invested in the o-line we added will fuller gasecki's breaking out durham Smythe is reasonable but miles gaskin and malcolm brown are our top two running backs therefore that's the position we need to finish but i would argue that the offensive line even if you have to give up on an Austin Jackson earlier than you want to, even if you have to move on from one of your recent draft picks, continuing to invest there 
because it'll help your pass blocking, it'll help your run blocking, and that if that doesn't get better, I don't care what they do at receiver, Tua is going to be in trouble. And I also think they're a lot closer at receiver than they are on, on the offensive line. Um, Devontae Parker is is a good receiver. Now, okay, he might be stylistically better suited to a Fitzpatrick-style YOLO put the ball in the air, give him a shot type of quarterback than he is for Tua, but he's a good receiver. Um, as you said, they added Will Fuller, who's a, a premier deep threat. Preston Williams is a good uh, a good possession style of receiver. Jakeem Grant is there for the gimmicks. You know, you've got talent. Okay, absolutely. Still add another one. You know, grab a receiver in the second or third round. There are missing skill sets or um, skill sets that can be enhanced within that group, but you're like one player away from that being a really good receiving core. The, you can't say the same thing for the offensive line. Like that offensive line is still several players away from even being an average group. And okay, you might be projecting that to come from the young guys that you had in there last year. But again, you you can't assume that's going to be a hundred percent strike rate. You can't assume that every one of those young guys is going to work out because that would be a massive anomaly given what we know about today's NFL. You have to assume that one or two of them are not going to pan out. Double your chances. And again, you have the capacity to do that. More than any other team in the NFL, you have draft picks to play with to let you throw extra resources at a position group that you might think you're okay at. Uh, look, I think at the top of the draft, the, the, Dol the Dolphins are in really good shape because Jamar Chase, maybe a Kyle Pitts are going to be there. Uh, if it is Panay Sewell, I'm still probably sprinting to the podium to go get a Panay Sewell. It does solve that problem. But I think the Dolphins solve one of the playmaker question marks at the top of the draft. But I'm playing with the PFF.com mock draft simulator. And I don't know if the value is perfectly there at 18. But I think on the turn, when you get to the, the early second round, the pick, pick 36 for the Dolphins, at least in my simulation right here, Tevin Jenkins is available out of Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. Dylan Ray Dunn's out of North Dakota State. I think you have to consider it. It's your third pick of the draft. It's top of the second round. The tackle value is there. And a guy like Tevin Jenkins could play guard as well. He brings some flexibility there. I think they got to shore up that offensive line. And that'll complement the top playmaker that they get and then sprinkle in those needs at edge, maybe another safety, maybe some linebacker help a little bit later in the draft. But I think an offense heavy draft with those first three picks would go a long way to continuing that nice ecosystem. Absolutely. For I mean, Miami has four picks in the top 50 of this draft. Three picks, you know, in the top, whatever that was, 30, 36. 36. Yep. So I would, it, four picks in the top 50, I would be perfectly happy with them spending two of them on the offensive line. I'm okay with them spending that first round pick on a, an elite playmaker at wide receiver or tight end if Kyle Pitts is still there. I think there's a very real chance that that is where Jamar Chase goes off the board and that they've sort of engineered this entire thing, that the trade up or the trade down, then up again to basically pick Jamar Chase when they would have been happy picking him at number three overall. So I think there's a very good chance that they come out of that first pick with Jamar Chase. But whether it's waiting till the top of the second round for a tackle, whether it's grabbing one at number 18, I think they're in a great spot to add one or two offensive linemen with those top 50 picks. And again, I you shouldn't let the players that you have from last year prevent you doing that. Like absolute worst case scenario, you have two good players, not one which is never a bad place to be in. I can hear Dolphins fans right now. They're so upset that they're, they're, they we're drafting more offensive linemen. But picture this scenario. Jamar Chase is there, along with Devontae Parker, along with Will, Will Fuller and Mike Gusecki. Boom. We've got the four different style playmakers. They're all fantastic. Preston Williams sprinkles in as well. 
the pass blocking takes a step forward because you've somehow you're going to find the best starting five. If Robert Hunt is a part of it, which I think he will be, great. If Jesse Davis has to hit the bench, fine. Then he's your swing tackle. He's yeah, your backup. Like, That's I mean, okay if Jesse Davis doesn't start. Your worst case scenario is that you burned some draft capital last year on young players that haven't panned out, or that you have that you spent the first round or that you spent the high picks. And they worked out in addition to the ones you drafted this year. But, like, point me to a team with a very good offensive line with extremely good depth who regrets that. Like, who go, oh, man, we've got so many good offensive linemen that I'm just bummed we wasted all these picks and we didn't spend them on receivers or running backs or safeties or whatever it is. Like, nobody has ever been in that situation. Nobody has ever lamented the the sheer volume of quality offensive linemen that they have to protect their young quarterback who they're trying to turn into a superstar. And honestly, based off some of the other first-round picks that we've heard that the Dolphins might take, whether it is a running back or if it's edge defender, it's one of the riskiest yeah. edge classes that there are. You might – it's a hit-or-miss pick at 18 and at 36. Right. So if you do add volume to the offensive line, you are going to increase your chances. And here's the bottom line. You're building around Tua to give him the best position to succeed. But if he doesn't, then you've learned fairly quickly mm. if you need to move on from Tua. Well, it's that, a lot what Denver has ended yes, up doing with Drew Locke. That was the Denver thing, right? It's like, okay, we've seen just enough in Drew Locke to buy into him. Let's surround him with the best receiving core we can uh, assemble, make his situation as good as possible so that it gives him a great chance to succeed. But the byproduct of that is if it doesn't, if Drew Locke still is bad or if Tua is still bad, you've learned faster than anybody else that, okay, he's not the guy. A, you learn quicker, and B, when you have to pivot to somebody else, that guy's walking into a great situation. So let's say Tua doesn't work out, and okay, we, we blew it, we don't have Tua, you've now assembled this fantastic environment for a new quarterback to come into, and because you did all those trades, you have the ammunition to draft somebody anyway. So like two, you know, a year or two's time, next young quarterback could step in and actually be the answer in a great environment. I love so much of what the Dolphins have done the last couple of years. Yeah. They built their defense from back to front. They've added some playmaking talent. They took their chance on Tua last year. So there's more moves to be made, and the Dolphins are one of the biggest stories heading into the NFL draft. What would you do? What's the best strategy for building around Tua? It's the PFF NFL Daily.